It says there in verse 50, Paul points out that this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Guys, we can't get into heaven with the body we have right now. So I want to preach this morning on three new things. Three new things, and specifically three new things that Jesus Christ is going to be is waiting to give to you. There's three things, and there's more than three of these. There's three main things. They're all new things that Jesus Christ is going to give you. And the first thing Jesus Christ is going to give to you is a new body. He's going to give you a new body. Because it says there that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, neither doth corruption inherit incorruption. We can't go up to heaven with the body we have and expect to live up there in heaven. I, if you got Brother Keegan up there with this sinful body that I have, I'd mess it up. Heaven wouldn't be heaven to me if Sister Martin had her walker up in heaven. Amen. That wouldn't be heaven. I want Sister Martin to be, cast that walker off. I want God to give her a new body. And Jesus Christ has promised to give her a new body. Heaven wouldn't be heaven if we're up in heaven. Brother George has a bad back up in heaven. That's not heaven. That's corruption. Look, neither does corruption inherit incorruption. That's corruptible. This body, it's bad. I'm tired of this. But wake up every morning. It's always some. When you get over forty, it all starts falling apart. You know, backs and your eyes, and you know. I used to make fun of this guy I rode with because he always had to put reading glasses on, and I would mock him and make fun of him. And he had this cell phone, and I would call his cell phone. Because every time I called his cell phone, he'd have to get out his reading glasses, you know. It'd be a big hassle. And then he'd get his cell phone and realize it's me. And then he'd cuss me, you know, on the other side of the truck. And I'd think that was so funny. And here I am doing the same thing today. It's been put on me, that curse of bad eyes. Brother Pete, we are just talking about that before church, you know. And trouble with his eyes. We're all, this, hey, guys, this body's corrupt. It's going in the ground. And he says there, flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Verse 51, Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. Amen. We're all going to get this new body. Now that verse right there is referring to the rapture. When the rapture takes place, when Jesus Christ comes to the air and He raptures us out, it says the dead in Christ will rise first. The dead in Christ, their bodies will be changed. There will be a new body. Their soul will go into that new body. If we're here and we're alive, We'll be changed in a moment, a twinkling of an eye. That's, if, we're not, if we haven't died and we haven't slept, look, we shall not all sleep. Some of us, are, when the rapture takes place, some of us are still going to be alive. Might be some people in this room. I hope it's everybody in this room, amen? I hope it's tonight. But it says, we shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye. That twinkling of an eye, that's quicker than you can measure. That's so quick, it'll happen, and you won't realize it's happened. It'll, your eyes won't be able to register how quick this thing will take place. This body will be changed. At the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. Amen. That's a new body that Jesus Christ has promised for me and you. That's a new body that Jesus Christ has promised for me and you. And it says there that the dead shall be raised incorruptible. So when those bodies come out of the ground and God gives them a new body, this ain't going to be the same body they went in the ground with. That body that goes in the ground, the worms get it. The worms eat it. This new body Jesus Christ promised us, the worms can't touch it. It's a new body. It's raised, look at verse 53. For this corruptible, you're corruptible, guys. This corruptible must put on incorruption. 
That's talking about the body that goes in the grave and the worms eat it. And this mortal, that's us still alive, this mortal must put on immortality. We must get a body that we can't die in. See, your your soul is going to live on forever. Your soul is going to live on forever. But this body doesn't. This body's going to go in a grave. And your body's going to go in a grave. And as soon as you take that last breath... You take that last breath, your soul, according to the Bible in Genesis, your soul departs your body. And either if you're a born-again Christian, you've received Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior. The Bible says Jesus Christ will take you on. You'll go on into heaven. Your body will what? Your body will stay there and the worms will eat it. But if you don't know Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, your body will stay there and your soul will be drugged down to a place called hell, waiting for that great white throne judgment. That's what you got coming for you. But Jesus Christ promised us a new body. See, when Jesus Christ promised us eternal life, eternal life with this body wouldn't be much of a life eternally. Amen. amen. I know a lot of y'all could say amen to that. If, if, if eternal life meant staying in this body eternally, I don't know if I'd want eternal life. No. <laughs> amen. You got to get it. Amen. He says, I'll give you eternal life, but I'm not only going to give you eternal life, which you've got right now, guys. But the future to come, you're going to get a new body. That I can put that soul that's got eternal life, I put that soul into that body, and you'll live on forever. For this corruptible must put on incorruption. This mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible shall put on incorruption, and this mortal shall put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, oh, death, where is thy sting? Oh, grave. Where is thy victory? Amen. Amen. Death is just a passing on. Nobody in here wants to meet death anytime soon, but we know according to the scriptures that death is just a passing on. Death is just a way to get over to the best side of life. This is the worst part of life. For you as a Christian, this is as close to hell as you're ever going to get. And if you're in here and you're not a born-again believer in Jesus Christ, this is as close to heaven as you're ever going to get. Amen. You know, some of these singers, I've, seen, I've heard these singers that are saying, that, let's make heaven a place on earth. This is heaven, this is heaven. Man, if this is heaven, I feel sorry for you. Amen. This isn't heaven, this is hell to me. And this is as close to hell as I'm ever going to get. But, oh, death, where is thy sting? Oh, grave, where is I? There's no victory in the grave for a Christian. Hey, the grave doesn't get a victory over the Christian. Hey, we go out there, we bury people in the grave. Yeah, we're sad, we're going to miss them, but we know where they're at. We sing songs of praise to God. I, I, that's a victory. There's no sting. Death just lets us get over to the other side where we want to be. And the older we get, the more people that we love are on that other side. You talk to these old timers that are getting ready to go on, and that's what they'll say. I'm ready to go see my wife. I'm ready to go see my husband. I'm ready to go on the other side. One old, old brother Trevor, he's 18 years old, was laying there on his deathbed. He said, I know I'm about to, I know I'm about to go on. And his mom and time said, well, how do you know? He goes, I keep seeing beautiful women. I keep seeing beautiful women. Hey, everything's beautiful on the other side. Every woman's beautiful. Every man's beautiful on the other side. I can't wait. 
Oh, death, where is thy sting? Oh, grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is a law. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. So the victory we have over the grave, the victory we have over the fear of death and the sting of death is simply this. We have our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Do you have Jesus Christ? You know, if, you, if you're fighting troubles, you're having problems, and you, you don't have Jesus Christ, I feel really sorry for you. There's a guy at work that's fighting cancer, and we were talking, and I looked him straight in the eye just the other day, and I said, man, I don't know how you're doing this without Jesus Christ. And he just looked at me. And he didn't have, there's nothing to say. What's he going to say to me? How, how does the world get by without Jesus Christ? That's what Sister Winnie uh, Stevens' testimony was. I don't know how the world gets by without Jesus Christ. How do they do it? I don't know how they're doing it. I know I couldn't do it. You say, well, you're weak. Yes, I am weak. You need, like uh, Jesse Ventura said, Christianity is just a crutch. Yes, it is. It's more than a crutch to me. It's my very life. It's my very life. And you want to live in this world that's run by the devil and Satan and be miserable? Go right on ahead. This place is miserable. But, you know, the life I have, I love my life through Jesus Christ. And when life is not so good, it's because I'm getting away from Jesus Christ. But thanks be to God, through which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast. Are you steadfast this morning? Are you steadfast that it's coming? There's a new life coming. There's a new body coming. Unmovable. Are you unmovable? I am. I know right where my loved ones are at. And you can beat me and whip me. And you might could torture me enough to confess something I don't believe. But let me tell you something. I believe I know my mom's up in heaven. And there's some loved ones that I've buried out in this grave here and some other graves out in some other cemeteries that I know where their, their body's out there, but I know where their soul's at and it's up in heaven. I'm unmovable about that. I'm unmovable. And I'm unmovable. I know where I'm going. And I know it doesn't have anything to do with Brother Keegan. It has everything to do with our Lord Jesus Christ. See that there in the end of verse 57? Unmovable, look, always abounding in the work of the Lord. I like what Dwight L. Moody, Dwight L. Moody said, most Christians think it's enough to abound only on Sundays. But it says always abounding. Hey, we don't carry this up here on Sunday and believe this on Sunday. I believe this on Monday. I believe this on Wednesday. I believe this when the doctor walks in and says you have cancer. I believe this when the doctor comes in and says you only have six months to live. I'm unmovable. This is always abounding. Guys, this new body's coming. And the Bible, the promises through Jesus Christ, He's going to give you a new body. We want a body like unto His. I want a body. Look, look at Philippians chapter 3, please. Philippians chapter 3. We're looking at this new body that's promised to us. That's a great promise. Man, that's a great promise. You know, because I don't care how good a Christian you are, you're going to have physical problems. It'd be your knees, your back, or your feet. or Sometimes it's more serious than that, Amen. Everybody has problems. I don't care if you're a Christian or not. Everybody has physical problems because this body is wretched. This body is vile. And it needs to be changed. And I'm ready to shed it. (laughs) I'm ready to shed this body. I'm ready to shed the limitations that my mind has. You realize when you get a new body, you're going to have unlimited mind power. You have trouble remembering stuff? (laughs) Amen. I have... Man, I can... Uh, me and uh, Roel talk about this. Roel has trouble remembering my name. I have trouble remembering his name. Man, the best neighbor in the world. But don't ever ask us what our names are. We can't remember our names. Just, that's the brother right there. 
I want to get rid of this old mind where I can remember everything. Man, there's some things I want to forget. But when you get into heaven, we'll talk about that. Man, but I want, I want to have that great mind, the mind of a scientist, the mind of a brain surgeon. I don't want to have the mind of a professor. I think that most of them are idiots. They only know what they learned in a book. I want, I want some, some of those old farmers you have out here that have, that have that unlimited knowledge about farming that you can't find in a book. Those kind, that kind of mind. Verse 20, for our conversation is in heaven. Philippians 3.20, our conversation is in heaven. From whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Are you looking for Him? Are you looking for Him to come from heaven? That's our Savior, amen. We look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. The Savior's not Muhammad. The Savior's not Buddha. The Savior's not the Pope. The Savior's the Lord Jesus Christ. It's all about Jesus Christ. I want to glorify Jesus Christ in your mind. I want to glorify Jesus Christ in the world. The, word, the Christians are forgetting about this. The Christians think, oh, Christianity is about going to church and maybe putting on some nice clothes and maybe trying to read a Bible, maybe try to read a Bible. They think that's what Christianity is about. Christianity is about Jesus Christ. Amen. Christianity is about a relationship with the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, a risen Savior. Christianity is not about churches and stuff like that. It drives me nuts to invite somebody to church and say, well, I don't have very nice clothes. Oh, come on. You come on down to our church, we're not looking at what you're wearing. From whence we also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Look at verse 21, though. Who shall change our vile body. All right, right there, let's stop there. You have a vile body. It's corruptible. It's sorry, it's no good. There's, what dwelleth in me, Paul said, in my flesh dwelleth no good thing. But we care about it. We do everything we can to take care of this body. And it's vile. V-I-L-E, vile, nasty. He says he's going to change that. <laughs> Amen. Man, I, I love this stuff. Who shall change it? Change our vile body, that it may be fashioned like unto his glorious body, according to the working whereby he is able even to subdue all things unto himself. That verse says that Jesus Christ is going to give you a body just like his. Have you ever read about Jesus, Jesus Christ's glorified body? That's the kind of body he's going to give you. That's the new thing he's going to give you. Walks through walls. Man, can you imagine that? Just do, 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 do. I don't have a key. Who needs a key? Just walk right through the wall. Do, do, do. Traveling faster than the speed of light. He told Mary, don't cling to me. I have not yet ascended to the Father. He goes up to heaven. He comes right back down. Just like that. Wow, you can be here and you can fly over to Jupiter and go around the rings of Saturn and check things out. And Can you imagine? No, you can't. Your mind can't comprehend the body God's going to give you. You know one of my favorite things about Jesus Christ and reading about Him in His glorified body? Well, they were able to touch Him. It's a, bo it's a body that can touch things. But one of my favorite things to read about Jesus Christ's glorified body it was He did this one thing. He, E-A-T, he could eat. <laughs> Woo, I love it. I love it. He could eat. So that means we can taste. Can you imagine what food's going to taste like up in heaven? The cooks of heaven, it says that he's going to girdle, a, put on a, a robe, he's going to come out and he's going to wait on us. At this great feast, Jesus Christ is going to serve us. 
Can you imagine the food that's going to be served at that kind of feast? You know, that's what, you know, in America today, everybody's caught up in the cooking shows. And can, I want to, especially us men, I want to cook a better brisket. I want to cook a better ribs. And we do this stuff and we talk to men about how we can cook this better and do that better. Have it more tender, have better taste. Can you imagine when God gets a hold of something and cooks up something really good? You say, you think God's really going to serve some ribs up in heaven? Man, I sure hope so. Some brisket. <laughs> Man, I, I, I just can't wait. To see what's been served up there. Man, we can have a food fight. We can have a good old time up there. Come on, y'all cut loose. It's a new body. We're going to be happy. You ever been around fellowship when people are happy having a fellowship? Man, that's what I want to be around. That's what we have looking forward to. He's going to give us a new body. Benjamin Franklin, he had an epithet that he wanted to put on his tombstone. I don't know if they got this done. I know some of it's on there, but this is what he wanted to do. And he's talking about your body being like a book. He said, the body of, and this is what he wrote, the body of Benjamin Franklin, a printer. Like the cover of an old book, its contents worn out and stripped of its lettering and gilding. Lies here food for worms. Yes, it is. Look what he said, though. Yet the work itself shall not be lost, for it will, as he believed, appear once more in a, in a new, more beautiful edition a new, more beautiful edition book, corrected and amended by its author. Amen. Amen. That's what we want. We want God to take us, clean us, give us a new body. And you know, if God gives it to you, it's going to be wonderful. Amen. It's going to be wonderful. Let's look at another one of these new things that God's going to give us. Look at John chapter 14. He's got something else promised for you, new. John chapter 14. He's going to give you a new body. We all need a new body. Everybody needs a new body. Amen. I don't care if you're in the prime of your life, you need a new body. And he promised us a new body, and we're going to get that. But John chapter 14, let's look at, we're going to have a new place to live. Oh, yes. John 14, 1. Let not your heart, this is Jesus speaking, let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. And my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. You got a new place to live, guys, and it's coming. <laughs> You're not only going to have a new body, a wonderful body, an incredible body that's amazing. He says, I'm not going to give you this new body. I'm going to give you a new place to live. Now, if y'all, I know some of y'all, y'all living in places that aren't real nice. Brother Raymond, I know you're living in a travel trailer, and, but God says, you're going to have a mansion coming. You know, I drive down the road, and I, I, I see these houses, and I'm a dreamer. I admit it. I'm a big dreamer. And I dream, man, what would it be like if I was living in that big old house, you know, two-story house. It's got the swimming pool in the back, and I dream about having all that. And I do. I dream, like, man, I'd love to have all And then reality hits. Like, I couldn't, you know what? I couldn't even pay the taxes on that. I couldn't even pay the taxes on a big old house. I couldn't pay the insurance on it. What would I do with all that? I couldn't afford to keep up the air. Can you imagine what the electricity bill is on some of those big old mansion houses? More than I make in two months, probably. That's the reality of it all. That's not the kind of mansion God's got promised for us. And my Father's house are many mansions. Amen. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. What's Jesus Christ doing right now? Preparing your mansion for you? Getting a place ready for you? 
You know what, it, you know what the, the, the custom was for a bride and a groom? See, when they, was, when they were engaged, the groom would go back home to his dad, and, his, and he had to build a house for his bride. He couldn't go marry his bride or get his bride until he built a house. And he had to go build a house. And when he got the house built, then his dad said, okay, now you can go and go get your bride. Now, you know what a lot of y'all men would have, do when y'all, would have done when y'all first got married, right? When you first were trying to get married, you would have went and got like a piece of two-by-four and a, and, and, a, and a sheet of plywood and laid it over right here, made a little kind of a tent hut and said, okay, now I'm going to go get her. And the father would have had to come and say, no, no, Keegan, that's not going to work. You need to build something nice. So he would work on that house, and he'd work on that house, and then one day the father would come out and say, okay, it's done. Now you can go get her. And then that's when the cry and the trumpet and the groom would come through the city, and the bride had to always be ready because the bride never knew when the groom was coming, see. The bride never knew. And the bride would be at home, and she'd have all her Remember the wise servants that had the oil, and some of them didn't have oil? But, she, but the bride was there, and she knew she was going, he was coming, but didn't know when. And then she'd hear the trumpet and the shout, and here they come, and she'd be ready. And she was ready, and the groom would come and get her, and there'd be this great ceremony. Be, that's Jesus Christ coming back for me and you. We don't know when he's coming. But he's gone to prepare a place for you. <laughs> he loves you enough to not only give you a new body, he's going to give you a new place to live. Verse 3 says, And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again. And receive you unto myself. See, he not only is going to build it. He said, you know, I know if I go to prepare a place for you, I'm going to come get you and take you to where this place is at. Because none of us know how to get there, amen. <laughs> we talk about heaven like we've been there, but none of us have been there. So we're going to have to rely on our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ to come get us when we take our last breath. <gasps> And get us and take us to this place he's prepared for us. But you know what I know? Jesus says he's going to do it. If I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am, there ye may be also. Praise the Lord. That's where I want to be. Where Jesus Christ is at, that's where I want to be. And that's what the bride wants. The bride says, wherever my husband's at, that's where I want to be. If he's got me in a shack, if he's got, that's where I want to go. I want to be with him. Amen. But see, our Savior, he's doing it right. He's building us a mansion. Now, if you've got an NIV and you've got an NIV open, it's going to say a room. In my Father's house are many rooms. So you don't have a mansion. <laughs> you don't have a mansion waiting on you. I've got a mansion. You don't have a mansion. If you're reading your NIV. My Bible says we've got a mansion. I don't know if y'all reading, reading the words we were singing earlier, but those words in that hymnal were saying there was a mansion waiting on us. It was talking about a mansion. That's coming out of a King James Bible. In my father's house are many mansions. He's got another place prepared for us. You know what mansion says? A mansion implies family. It implies fellowship. That's what a mansion says. A mansion says there's going to be a lot of us there. Oh, man, I can't wait. I can't see that's what makes what makes heaven great is not only is the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ there, but our loved ones that have gone on before us are there. I can't wait. I just can't wait. Imagine down here on earth still comes with all the problems. Even if you was to own one of those big nice mansions I was talking about, a big nice mansion down here on earth, 
It still comes with all the problems. It comes with health problems. It comes with emotional problems. It comes with financial problems. It comes with neighbor problems. <laughs> you could have the nicest house in the world and have a bad neighbor, and it could be like hell. <laughs> before Brother Roll moved in, uh, we, before Brother, you moved in next to us, man, we had this guy living there, and, and he was a nice guy, but, man, he had it looking like Sanford and Son. My, drove my wife crazy. He had stuff piled up everywhere. It looked like he was constantly about to have a big flea market over there. And just a wreck. He was so bad that the guy, as a renter, the guy sold the house to you, brother. That's why, he, I mean, he was done with it. So me and my wife, we're over there. We're worried about our neighbors. Like, who's going to move in? We're, who's we're going to get in? And Brother Roll comes in, man. You couldn't have a better neighbor than this man right here. I mean, He's wonderful. Leaves watermelons on my front porch, takes care of me. I mean, he's mowed my grass when I was gone. I mean, we're talking about a great brother Christ. He not only keeps his house, he keeps his house too clean. Makes me look bad now. Now, I'm that guy that he's moved, <laughs> he's moved in. He's like, he, he needs to mow his grass more, rake his leaves. And I'm the other way. So you can have a bad neighbor, amen. But up in heaven, no bad neighbors. Amen. That's the best place about this mansion is. No bad neighbors, no taxes, no taxes, no upkeep, no problems. Amen. 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 Before we move out of these verses, I want to show you something starting in verse 2. This is very important to y'all. I want y'all to grab a hold of this. Everywhere it says you, I'm going to replace that with Raymond. I'm going to pick on Raymond this morning. Because you deserve it, brother. Everywhere the word you is, put your name in there. In my Father's house are many mansions, verse 2. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for Raymond. And if I go and prepare a place for Raymond, I will come again and receive Raymond unto myself, that where I am, there Raymond may be also. There you go, brother. That makes it personal. That makes it most promises. See, I'm doing that. I'm not changing the word of God. I'm just doing that to show you that that is personal. Amen. That's for each one of y'all. That mansion's not, I'm not just talking about a mansion God's got for me. It's a mansion God's got for each one of you. Amen. And a new body. Man, I can't wait. Now let's look at the last one, Revelation 21. Revelation 21. We got a new body. We got a new place to live. And guys, we got a new way of life. A new Way of life. This is a way of life we couldn't even imagine. Revelation 21, verse 1. We got a new way of life. You know, sometimes people, and I, I'm seeing this more and more, and I, I don't know if y'all, y'all know about this, but there's, there's people committing suicide left and right. Not, not, I'm not just talking about somewhere up in Dallas or some other big city. You know, I'm talking about down here in the Brownwood, down in Hamilton, there's people committing suicide. It seems like there's people committing suicide on a weekly basis. Around Christmas time, I heard of two different young men committing suicide. They're just tired of this life. They're just tired of the, the way we live this life. And I know y'all get wore down, amen? You get up, it's the same old thing, you're doing the same old thing, and you're wearing yourself down, but hey, there's a new life coming. There's a new life coming, and God's got a new way of life waiting for you. Hang in there, man. Look at verse 1. And I saw, chapter 21, verse 1, and I saw a new heaven and a new earth. We're talking about new things. For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. There'll be no more sea in this new heaven and new earth. Verse 2, and I, John, 
saw the holy city, New Jerusalem. There's a New Jerusalem. Coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. There's that bride. There's that husband. Now what kind of life we're going to have? Verse 3, And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men. He will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. There's going to come a time in this new body, in this new mansion, you're going to be waking up and your neighbor will be Jesus Christ. Amen. Your neighbor will be God, tabernacled with us. That's Jesus walking around in the flesh. There'll come a time where you can walk up and ask Jesus Christ anything you want to ask. There's a time you can walk up and talk to Jesus Christ and laugh, laugh with Jesus Christ. Can you imagine being able to spend so much time with God, asking, why did you create the mosquitoes? Why do they do this? Why did you do that? Why, did, why is the universe and Him to explain this stuff to you and start telling you? Can you imagine? The Bible says we'll have the mind of Christ. We'll be able to understand all these things. As complex as they are. Man, I, I, I can't wait. Maybe I'm just that kind of an inquiring kind of mind or whatever, but I can't wait to ask God all these questions. But He's going to be right there with us, dwelling with us. That's a new way of life. We can't even imagine. But look at verse 4. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. I can't wait. Been a lot of tears shed this last year. Been a lot of tears shed. A lot of tears over loved ones, a lot of tears over pain, a lot of tears over sin. God said, I was going to wipe them all away. Man, that's a new way of life, guys. Amen. I can't imagine it, but it's there. So it's like I told you about the book of Revelation. It's not hard to understand. It's hard to believe it. No more tears, no more tears. And there shall be no more death. <laughs> Amen. I love that. That's one of the worst things about life is death. You're going along and you're living life and maybe you've got some things figured out about life and then the next thing you know, someone you love dies. It just brings a cloud into your life. Things were so good. And then it just brings a cloud into your life. And then you get going again and the sun starts coming out again and you start living your life and things are going pretty good and you start making some plans and then somebody else you, lo you know that you love so dear dies. And that cloud rolls back in. Death won't let us enjoy life. Amen. It really won't. Because even when we're enjoying life in the back of our mind, we know death is coming. Maybe not even for our loved ones, but death is coming for each and one, every one of us. Amen. And without Jesus Christ, man, that's a great sting. That's a great fear. But with Jesus Christ, we read it. There's no more sting. The grave has no more victory over us. But it does bring a dark cloud. But this new way of life, guys, this new way of life, there's no more death. <laughs> He's been thrown into hell. There's no more angel of death to show up. Man, grab a hold of that. You're living an eternal life. No more death. Look, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain. You know, I think about crying and I... Think about pain, but you know I've seen more. I've seen more tears shed over emotional pain than physical pain in my lifetime. 
I've seen, you know, I've seen some grown men cry, but I've seen a lot more grown men cry over emotional pain. Their loved ones laying there sick, their loved ones laying there in a coffin. Emotional things that their spouse has done to them, I've seen grown men cry and just tears of agony, tears of sorrow. Hey, those things are all wiped away. This is not only a new body. This is not only a new place to live. This is a new way to live. See, this is future. Got to grab a hold of this, guys. It's not, you're not living that right now. But you will be living it. Do you believe me? Do you believe the Word of God? Do you will be living this? You'll be living a new body. You'll be living in an mansion. You'll be living in a place there's no death, no tears, no crying, no sorrow, no pain. Man, amen. For the former things are passed away. Hallelujah. You won't be crying over things you've done in the past. You won't be crying over things people have done to you in the past. Those things are gone, long gone. There's things you did as a little kid you can't remember. Those things are passed away. And a thousand years into eternity, who's going to care who won the Super Bowl? Who's going to care if you can fix a car, if you can fix a computer? Who cares about those things? Those are former things passed away. This is a new life. This is a new way of living. Praise God. Verse 5. And he that sat upon the throne said, Now listen, behold, I make all things new. Everything's going to be new. Your body, your mansion, your way of life. And he said unto me, write. What do you want to write? What do you want him to write, Lord? Write, for these words are true and faithful. Guys, these words are not only true. It's going to come to pass. This is faithful. This is something you can put your faith in. Notice he didn't say these words are obscure and hard to understand. He didn't write that. He told John, I specifically want you to write that these words are true and these words are faithful. You're going to put your faith into this stuff and this stuff is true. It's going to come to pass. That's our God. And that's what he wants written down in his book. Words are true and faithful. Praise God. Now, if you're in here this morning and you don't know what I'm talking about, a lot of y'all know all this stuff, but... Some of you, maybe you don't know what I'm talking about. You say, I don't know if I have it. I didn't know there was a new body. I didn't know there was a mansion waiting for me. I didn't know. Well, without Jesus Christ, there isn't. There isn't. This is all because of Jesus Christ. And you've got to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Look at verse 6. This is, he said unto me, it is done. This stuff is done, man. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of the water of life freely. Jesus Christ wants you to know something this morning. Are you thirsty? Did you wake up this morning and say, I'm thirsty for something different. I'm tired of drinking the sewer water of life. I'm thirsty for something different. Jesus Christ says, come unto me and you'll never thirst again. And I'll give you of the water of life Freely. This is a free gift offered to you. This is free. It says freely. See that freely? This isn't something you're going to be charged for. This is something you're going to have to work for. This is something that God will give to you freely if you'll just ask Him. All these wonderful promises, all these wonderful new things, and it's all free to me. (laughs) But it wasn't free to God. He had to die on the cross of Calvary to pay my way in. 
So you must receive that payment on the cross of Calvary. You must ask Jesus Christ to forgive you your sins and say, Lord, I want you to save me. Please save me, Lord. I know I'm a sinner. Will you please save me? If you'll pray to God and ask, him, ask Jesus Christ just like that, he will save you. Amen. I'm thankful the Lord saved me. I'm thankful that i got a new body coming, I've got a new mansion, and I've got a new way of life. Hello, this is Pastor Keegan Hall of Indian Gap Baptist Church. Are you sick and tired of this world? Are you sick and tired of this life that you're living? Did you know that God has a free gift for you? It's the gift of eternal life through Jesus Christ. Have you ever received this gift? You know a gift can be offered but not received. You can bow your head and ask Jesus right now to save you and give you his free gift of eternal life. Now you might ask, how do I know he'll give me this free gift? Because I did the same thing because I bowed my head knowing I'm a sinner and asked him to save me and he did. And I've never been the same. And this life with Jesus is a thousand times better than anything this world can offer me. Now we would love to hear from you if you want to contact us at IndianGapBaptist.com. Until next time. Casting your care upon him.